Ready? Do you have hang-ups around money? If you're like most Americans or most people, you probably do have hang-ups around money. Maybe you don't feel like you have enough or maybe you don't know what to do with the money that you have. Well, in today's message, which is continuing our generosity series, our senior pastor, Margrethe Vega, is gonna talk about those questions that we all have inside of us about uh, money and whether we have enough of it or what our relationship is to it. And he's gonna land us in this place of thinking about contentment. And how can we find contentment with the money that we have? And what will that lead us towards in our generosity? So you're gonna wanna check out this message. And in this message, you're gonna get to hear a great story from a member of our downtown location, The Portico. Check it out. Let's pray together. O God, open our eyes to empathy, curiosity, and humility, that we might be generous and compassionate toward others and ourselves. In Jesus' name, amen. The sixth chapter of Paul's first letter to his young apprentice, Timothy, is filled with practical guidance on living the godly life. In fact, of the 16 times that the word godliness occurs in the New Testament, 10 of them are found here in the letters to Timothy. And it's no coincidence that in this chapter, in today's scripture reading, Paul discusses the relationship between godliness and money. Here's something interesting. Research suggests that on any given day, 95% of our actions are driven by our subconscious. In other words, the vast majority of things that we do each day are not based on long deliberation, but are more automatic, ingrained, and based on deeply formed memories in our subconscious. And that is just as true when it comes to our earliest memories regarding money. Your early childhood memories, as early as age seven, have shaped how you relate to money Now, in 2014, researchers from the University of London interviewed 512 adults with two sets of questions. The first set of questions was about their earliest memories of money related to their parents. The second set of questions was about their current spending habits. Here's what they discovered. That for people who have an unhealthy attitude toward money, excessive spending, debilitating money stress, what they term money pathology, it was directly correlated with unhealthy associations with money that they remember from their childhood. Here's a quote from that study. Most research in this area suggests powerful parental socialization factors in which money pathology is the result of poor or inappropriate learning about the meaning and use of money as a child. Adults, it said, some in therapy for money-related problems, have recounted messages that they got from their parents. Researcher Arlene Matthews listed a number of these, which she heard from her patients. One, quote, my mother said only poor people went to heaven. Two, quote, my parents warned me not to let anyone know that we had money or they would jinx us. Three, quote, my father always said a man should never let a woman know he has money or she'll find a way to take it away from him. Ugh. 
These parental messages are sometimes called scripts, the study said, and may be implicit or explicit, but they remain powerful determinants of the adults, persons, thinking, and emotions around money. How about that? That's a, that's a provocative premise, huh? So it's worth pondering for yourself. What are your earliest memories associated with money? Some of you may think of your first job, your, your first paycheck, and the joy of purchasing something that you earned with your own effort for the very first time. Some of you may remember your first piggy bank and, and how you filled it with weekly allowance from your parents or, or earnings from chores around the house. But some of your memories may be even deeper, maybe even more difficult to unpack. Maybe, maybe you have a memory of your parents fighting about money or the, the stressful silence around the dinner table as you, you watch them pay the bills. Or maybe you can remember comparing your life with your peers, realizing how much or how little your family had in relation to others. Here's the thing. Memories themselves are value neutral. They're, they're just a recollection of events and moments and people. What makes them positive or negative are the meanings that we associate with them the power that we allow them to have on our lives, especially on a, on a subconscious level. And the same is true for money. I know it may sound like an oxymoron, but money itself is also value neutral. Money, money is really just a tool. It's a means of exchange. It's a, it's a mode of commerce to engage in the economics of the world. It's the meaning that we associate with money that can make it either life-giving or debilitating. So that's why in 1 Timothy chapter 6, Paul is careful in his wording to Timothy. He does not say money is evil. He says in verse 10 that, quote, the love of money is the root of all evil. Jesus put it another way. You cannot serve God and wealth. But he's not saying that wealth itself is bad. The particular Greek word for wealth that Jesus chooses is the word mammon, which can also be understood as the false god of wealth. It's when we have ungodly associations with money and make them the center of our lives that we develop what these researchers call money pathology. The good news is there's an alternative. There's a better path toward godly living that does not involve an unhealthy relationship with money. And it's found in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 6 and 7. Quote, there is great gain in godliness combined with contentment. For we brought nothing into the world, Paul says, so that we can take nothing out of it. But if we have food and clothing, we will be content with these. There it is. Godliness is associated with contentment. So this 
begs of us a second question, a more important one. What are your most vivid memories of contentment in your life? Do you remember a time when you felt truly, fully content? That may be a a much harder question to answer, right? I, I bet it was easier for you to think of money memories than it is to think of times in your life when you felt fully and truly content. Content in who you are, content in what you have, in your relationships with others, and in your future. And if you have a memory of such a time in your life, as rare as it might be, I bet you would agree with Paul, being content is what God really wants for us. Contentment brings us closer to godliness. Because contentment does not rely on how much or how little money we have. Having money, spending money, using money does not always guarantee contentment. So what does? Well, we find it in today's scripture reading in verses 18 and 19. Paul says, quote, They are to do good, to be rich in good works generous and ready to share, thus storing up for themselves the treasure of a good foundation for the future so that they may take hold of the life that really is life, Paul says. Money cannot produce contentment, but generosity can. There are few better or more contented feelings in the world than when you have added value to the life of someone else. Whether you're generous with your time or your spirit or your talent or your financial gifts, contentment comes when you see how your act of generosity has actually helped to make the world a little bit better. So here's the formula, according to Paul. Generosity can produce contentment, contentment, leads to godliness. So here's the the third and final memory for you to think about. When has your generosity produced contentment and godliness? Well, that one's the easiest to answer of them all because we can all answer that one together and because that is what this whole generosity series is all about. Our campaign is called Love for all, because we are driven by this audacious idea from God that when we live out our mission and when all of us give generously towards it, then all people, all people from all walks of life can come to realize God's love for them and they can learn to find contentment in the all-inclusive love of God. Throughout this series, we have been sharing with you stories of transformation because of your generosity. And today, that includes the incredible work, the amazing work of our downtown location called The Portico. For nearly 10 years now, our downtown location has helped us fulfill our vision of crossing the river into the heart of Tampa's downtown urban core. And our recent strategic planning and vision plan adopted in 2018, 
clarified just how unique a ministry setting the portico is. Not just for this church, but for the future of mainline United Methodism. Rather than simply duplicating all the ministries and programs that one might find on the Hyde Park campus, just less than two miles away, the portico reaches spiritually seeking people for Jesus who would not otherwise want to step foot on a conventional church campus, but who would be drawn to a place that nurtures conversation, connection, and community change. So, if the portico looks unlike what you would normally find at a church, then praise God. It's an event space, an artist gallery, Sunday morning worship called the 1001 Gathering that centers on table conversations rather than sermons, weekly meditations, advocacy meetings for justice and equality, and a daily cafe that helps people climb economic ladders of opportunity through employment and job training. This is the church in a most unchurchy way. And you know what? The portico is showing us how to share God's love for all. Over the past year, the portico has attracted newcomers, including waves of students from the University of Tampa. We have stories of people who are self-avowed atheists and agnostics who would never come to a conventional church, but are drawn to the 1001 gatherings on Sunday mornings because of what they find there. Around the tables are genuine conversations by people who are among the most diverse you will find in any worship service anywhere, socioeconomically, racially, gender and sexual orientation, age, physical disability. And a recent documentary film called Second Chances chronicled the work of the Portico Cafe in helping people find new life and opportunity from their challenges and was featured in this year's Gasparilla Film Festival. And that's why a generosity campaign that's titled Love for All had to include a story of transformation at the portico. So let's watch a member of our community named Lorenzo tell his story. Well, I first uh, learned about the portico. I right now am in recovery and I was in a program at, uh, called The Code, I just uh, wanted to utilize what resources that were here and I felt comfortable and I saw that they had the uh, church community and I just felt like open arms and warm welcome here. I volunteered playing the drums, which I, I loved. Uh, actually doing it and that that's my connection and I play how I feel and I like to share that what others where others can enjoy it's been great as far as with my recovery stability with housing also with the job and also the resources as far as the groups it's different but the most important a part about it is through your spiritual relationship with God and meeting different people and you go through the scripture, but you can obtain a message through everybody, but the common goal, you're talking about the same thing from different views. 
And just being active in this community at this church and seeing the things that they're uh, doing for the community as far as the breakfast that they have and how people just come in not being judged and given a chance to eat, have some coffee, and, you know, and try to get a connection with God. Your generosity leads to stories of contentment just like that. And together we become a more godly community the way God intends. Your prayerful estimate of giving for 2024 will lead to more stories like that at the Portico, on the Hyde Park campus, online, and around the world. And as you fill out your card, either in person or online at hydeparkumc.org forward slash EOG by next Sunday, November 19th, you will discover the power of making God's love real for all people. Paul was right. Godliness is not related to how much or how little money you have. It is related to generosity, which brings contentment. It's a contentment that comes from knowing that God has given you enough and God has given you the capacity to be generous so that others can find contentment in their lives as well. Paul said it best, do good, be rich in good works, generous and ready to share so that you can store up yourselves the treasure of a good foundation for the future so that you can take hold of the life that really is life. Let's pray together. God, you are holy, you are generous, and you are the source of all that is good and perfect. You have given us everything we need. All we have is yours. Teach us to have a healthy relationship with money so that we can create new memories, good memories, that impact the lives of others and draw people into your love for all people. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks so much for watching this message. I hope it helped unpack some of the misconceptions or hangups that you might have around money and help you free you up to be more content with the money that you have and maybe be more generous in your generosity. If you want to know more about The Portico, which is the ministry that McGray talked about in his sermon, you can go to theportico.org and find out more about our downtown location. And if you want to submit an estimated giving card, you can go to hydeparkumc.org forward slash EOG to submit that estimated giving card. You don't have to be a member of the church. If you just want to partner with us in our mission and in our ministry, submitting an estimated giving card is a great way for us to know what you might plan to give this year and help us set the budget for next year. Again. No need to be a member to do that, just a willingness to partner with us in our mission. If you wanna dive deeper with this message or connect more with our community, there are reflection questions down in the notes below, as well as next steps pages where you can find more about how to get connected. Thanks so much for watching. I'm Matt Hotho, and we'll see you next time.